hello to you, Pierce. How are you, mate? Very well, thanks, John. Good to be with you. Some interesting stuff to sink our teeth in today. I had a late night last night. I wasn't planning on it. Get to bed and sort of 11.30 at night, you're all tucked up. You've sort of put the book away and that's the way to get to sleep. And you feel yep. reluctant. I'll have a, one last look at the phone and then, oh, there's a little social media post about Elon Musk. It doesn't need any kind of introduction. Everyone knows about him. He's probably the most famous person in the world for a, a variety of reasons, not all of them good. <laughs> and it was relating to a, a chat that he'd done at the Deal Book Summit, which is a, a, a New York Times-backed talk fest. And he actually went through some really interesting stuff in this interview, which I thought is worth having a bit of a chat about. He was very, very opposed to advertisers who he feels are threatening him or blackmailing him. So Musk was was at this interview. He was saying that he will not accept blackmail from advertisers who are leaving Twitter in droves. Now, he bought Twitter last year for 40 billion US dollars, and it's estimated now that the value of Twitter has fallen to about a quarter of that. A lot of the advertisers, big advertisers, are either boycotting temporarily or have actually said that they're leaving the platform for advertising. One of the big ones recently has been Disney, which is run by Bob Iger, without using the exact word that he said, he said, uh, go F yourself on several occasions to Disney and to Bob Iger. He actually had his head of advertising, the boss, the person he's appointed recently to run Twitter for him in the audience. She must have been cringing because well, because no matter whether you're right or wrong or, or whatever, you, however you want to explain it away, saying to your advertisers to GFY... And, and repeating it, you know, not just once, but several times at the, at the early phases of an interview. So sometimes one of these hour and a half interviews, you know, people get the first 15, 20 minutes and then they don't get the rest because they can't, it goes too long, they've got other things to do. He made sure that that prime time that he was going to have on a very, very big platform, you know, the New York yeah. Times is a, is, a, is a big platform. So he's, again, he's potentially <laughs> damaged the value of Twitter. This stems from some tweets, and you don't use that word anymore, some posts on what used to be called Twitter. It's now called X. He renamed it X. Well, firstly, he's got to look at, say, with Disney. If you've got a company that's worth $40 billion and it's dropped down to 10, that means you're obviously not bringing in the money. It's not making money. So therefore, would you reduce your advertising? I would. If, if it was my company and I was dealing with them and they had a $40 billion company and it's gone down to 10 they're probably losing a lot more people i'll be thinking well look we're only going to spend 25 uh, percent of our income with them now rather than spend 100 percent because that, virtually we're not getting to where we want to get to with the money we're spending with them obviously if that company's died and dropped down to what you're saying 75 percent of it and what it's worth then obviously something's going wrong with the advertising itself it was me personally i wouldn't be taking it personally i'll be just saying well look here's the deal boys you're just not hitting the market audience we want your company shrunk uh, this is where I'd sit with it I wouldn't be saying it's anything to do with um, uh, anything but that if it was me so it's not just Disney either it's it's Comcast NBC Universal it's Paramount Global it's Warner yep. Brothers Discovery Apple Lionsgate and others have pulled ads from X which is the platform used to be Twitter mm. and that's following a post that Musk did on that platform on November 15. Since then, he has been on what some people saw as a kind of peace mission to mm. Israel to meet the senior leadership of Israel. 
and try to smooth things over, try to perhaps adjust the perception that he is an anti-Semite, which is what these people yeah. have, have branded him as. Have but they branded him? Have they? Or, or he has been called an anti-Semite, and this is it is by it is, all those companies. It, it is, by Disney, look, I don't know. I don't think. I don't think specifically, but right. I think that the underlying reason is that those organisations don't want to be associated. There were reports at the time of that tweet, in the immediate aftermath of that, even though Musk did try to apologise and smooth things over straight away, mm. almost immediately. He tried to explain it. It's worth listening to. You can go to the New York Times website and just search it up. There's a, a transcript there. It actually is a video. It's also on YouTube. Right. So you just go Musk doing this interview for the New York Times. So we're talking on Friday the 1st of December. I think it was damaging. He's renowned for possibly taking uh, too many sleeping pills or, or relying on <laughs> sleeping pills. He's, he runs something like a dozen big companies. Yep. He's had an extraordinary career, you know, and... and there's a lot of Elon Musk fanboys, but unfortunately there's also the far-right Nazi-liking or whatever they are, anti-Semitic group that jump on when someone like Musk with that kind of profile makes a few loose comments in the middle of the night. You know, that's mm. the danger of having a phone when you're pissed. You know, you almost yeah. have a timer so that it won't work. You've got to breathalyze when you, when you log into Twitter, you know. Oh, that makes sense. But, you can sell a lot of them. Exactly. But <laughs> it's that situation is the background to what's happened but it was an illuminating interview it got quite personal and it exposed quite a bit about this guy who is one of the, the world's if not the world's uh, best greatest on, entrepreneur i've done a science and tech program as you know in the past mm. and i've covered quite a lot of the stuff that he's done over the years particularly spacex has been of, of great interest to me mm. and and you know you have to say that he is trying to get this super heavy rocket they've done the second launch was just recent in fact in the last couple of weeks they they did the second super heavy launch and it didn't go perfectly but it did a lot better than the first one and this is what this company does each launch costs musk 100 million dollars apparently but he can afford to do it he's yep. the richest man in the world he can afford to do it what's he, his personal wealth do you know uh, I think it's in excess of, uh, 200. of 200 billion yeah, US. And that's through his very big chunk of Tesla. So the, mm -hmm. uh, the sort of meteoric rise of the share price of Tesla over the last three, four years has benefited Musk massively. I think that was the key shareholding yep. he had that pushed his net worth ahead of, of Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates and those kind of people. Mm -hmm. And then also, even though it's a private company, it's not floated at this stage. SpaceX, he owns a big chunk of, and he founded that company about 20-odd years ago. He founded it from scratch and built it up, You know, went over to Russia, tried to buy some secondhand missiles there, tried to get hold of yep. looked into the technology the Russians had because the Russians actually did have some very good rocket technology, still do. He started this thing off. It cost him a lot. He, he you know, nearly went bankrupt early on with SpaceX launching these rockets from a, a you know, island out near Hawaii somewhere, cheapest island you get hold of, where it was considered sort of safe enough to be doing what he was doing. And and finally, I think after the fourth attempt with it, with the Falcon One was successful, it went into orbit. Since then, SpaceX is dominating, getting satellites into orbit by a, a country mile. Right? It's 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 way bigger than NASA, and it's increased the number of of launches because it's it's got now got this workhorse Falcon 9 rocket and it's reusable that's the key thing that that mm. Musk has achieved with with his with SpaceX it's making these rockets reusable whereas NASA and the Russians and anyone else the Indians and Japanese and Chinese until recent in fact China just recently landed a, recycled a, the first one so they're in the game right. as well Jeff Bezos has got a company called <coughs> Blue Origin they've also got rockets that, that the first stage can land and be reused so that makes the cost of each launch much cheaper and then it gives access to space 
uh, as a much cheaper hurdle to get over for people who want to launch satellites. So in a nutshell, that's the, the reason behind the, the big success of SpaceX. And if SpaceX was, was floated at the estimates of what its market value could be, 500 billion is an estimate, Jeez. then Musk with a big, big chunk of that, about a quarter of that business, you know, he could be the world's first trillionaire. So, so this is one of the things that came out in this conversation. It's, it's this fine line of, of the kind of responsibility which goes with having this sort of success and the power that goes with it, having this, you know, you talk about power that he wields. Well, one example of the power he wields is with Starlink, which is these satellites, you know, there's thousands of them. There's a constellation of them. And you can actually look it up on the on the web, a Google search, and you'll you'll find a diagram showing these swarms. It's like very even lines of Starlink satellites, which are basically delivering internet, mm. you know, high speed internet, at reasonable cost to the whole world. And I know a guy who's got a got a lodge up at the snow, and he, and and he's installed one up there because they couldn't get a decent uh, signal, and the, the, right. the members were complaining about not being able to get access to the internet. They've got a Starlink dish. He said it's brilliant, mm. and properly priced, and works perfectly. They've got that power. There were also stories about, very interesting actually, about early on in the in Ukraine war, SpaceX has supplied Starlink satellites to the Ukraine military because one of the first things the Russians did was take out the internet connections, the normal um, internet infrastructure that Ukraine relies on and their military relied on to respond to the invasion. Communications, planning, yep. you name it, controlling drones, communicating with planes, communicating with, with their vehicles, with their, with their soldiers. The story goes that uh, that a, a drone was on its way or a swarm of drones was on its way being guided by Starlink to attack yeah. the Russian fleet in the Black Sea, their ships. And Musk decided himself as the owner of yeah. Starlink. He said, OK, well, if that happens, I reckon that that's going to trigger World War Three, or it'll trigger a nuclear exchange or it'll it'll escalate things much, much more than it might Who? be. And, and he cut off the signal to the drones. And so the drones were not able to get... Well, who ordered it? That's the, the, the question the, the, then. Uh, well, know. I think apparently Musk did. Musk ordered the, the disconnection of... No, but who ordered the drones to go and take... The Ukraine the military. Oh, the Ukraine. So they've got access as well. So yeah, America's they, they, opened the door up so they can use it as well. SpaceX is an American company and they, they supplied, free of charge, they supplied these Starlink terminals, little satellite dishes, mm-hmm. a little box that picks it up and gives you the signal. They supplied a lot of them to Ukraine. And they apparently right. did it free of charge and are still providing services. So they're monitoring it as we speak. So therefore, if anything like that occurs again, he can step in. Now, has he done this with Russia as well? well They've obviously got some too. I don't know whether he's limited the Russian use of it. Russia's got its own communications. I don't, okay. I don't believe Russia is, is dependent as dependent as as uh, Ukraine is for internet services through Starlink. Right? They've got their mm. own. They've got their okay. own net networks. But one of the things that also came up in this chat with the New York Times was Taiwan, this other potential flashpoint yeah. the world has and China has designs on. Musk has big manufacturing. I think half of all Tesla cars mm. are made in Shanghai. Yep. And, and a quarter of his market for EVs, for his Tesla EVs, is in China. And that applies to, he actually made the point, that applies to um, a, a lot of big car makers around the world, mm. not just, not just yep. uh, Tesla. But he's got, he's got a big vested interest and a big investment in China, in their market and in their manufacturing. Yep. 
the point was made that the Taiwan government are a little bit concerned. They, they, they don't want to be too reliant on Starlink for internet communication because if there was a move made against them militarily by mm-hmm. China, they defi- decide to invade. Yep. They've been doing war games around the coast of Taiwan for years and flying into their airspace and everything else, very threatening. That if that happened, if a full-scale invasion and attack happened, that Musk might do something similar. He might, because of his vested interest in China, his manufacturing, mm-hmm. his investments there, his ne- his need for access to that big market to yep. buy his cars, yep. he might switch off Starlink for the Taiwanese. But at this stage, isn't Taiwan where we get all our computer chips from at the moment? So I would think in America, until such time as they can set up where they had it all done at Silicon Valley years ago, it's all been made in Taiwan there. Now, once they've got a setup somewhere where they can do it themselves, I don't think America could give a toss what happens to Taiwan. But at this stage, they care about it because they're getting a lot of pieces from it. And surely, surely Musk is getting his equipment for his cars out of Taiwan at the moment too. So the last thing he'd want to see is this place hit until such time as he's got a place where he can manufacture his own parts because it all spins around money. And you've got to look at this guy, OK, Musk has shot his mouth off, but you've had a president of America shoot his mouth off in unbelievable ways and yet americans still want to vote him in as a president so with musk and and with disney they're just okay they're advertisers but you know he owns he owns the network he owns the whole shooting match so if you're not going to play with me i'll find someone else that'll play with me and i think he's probably that big it doesn't matter and and that interesting point you said that look the guy is only human so maybe he did have a couple of drinks and maybe he did say some things he probably probably thought gee I shouldn't have because it's going to affect my business but however he couldn't give a toss probably in the bounce of the ball because what's it matter to him he owns the whole shooting match anyway well I think I think we're going back to Twitter and the damage you know that the boycott of advertisers Mm -hmm. those big advertisers big media companies Apple I think McDonald's has has, um, suspended some of its advertising as well so there's lots of of companies are concerned and you've you've also got shareholders apart from musk who've who are exposed to what happens to twitter so he owns a chunk of it he owns a controlling interest in twitter Mm -hmm. but he's got banks who financed it he didn't spend his own money he financed it he Mm. got lent the money he also has shareholders so he's got banks and shareholders who also who do stand to lose out if he verbally destroys all saying to big advertisers under sort of almost under any circumstances GFY which yeah, he did nice. on several occasions in this New York Times interview with um, hosted by Andrew Ross Sorkin who himself is a Jewish uh, man yeah. from New York and uh, this is the deal book summit that I'm referring to in, in this uh, in this conversation a fascinating interview and you just can't say that and I think it reflected his frustration the interview was interesting. I mean, he talked about his own personal headspace. He said, you know, it's I've got a storm in my mind. And he was asked some quite personal questions. At one point, he said, oh, this is like being on a psychiatrist's couch, you know, and this yeah. is sitting down in, a, in an auditorium with a big audience. Does and- he explain why he said it? I mean, what's in it for him? Why would he say something like that if there's no benefits for him? Because this guy's not a fool. No, I think he said that out of frustration and and this sense that he's being bullied or he's being he's mm. being manipulated by big advertisers. You know, they're trying to control him and they're making threats. So he sort of said, I'm not going to be blackmailed from over money. He said that quite specifically. Mm. A little bit of that is... I'm the richest man in the world, so don't try to blackmail me with something mm. that I've got buckets and buckets of. Yeah. It's like the one thing you can't blackmail me with. I think what's, what, what he's finding is that he... And actually, this was something that I wanted to, to raise 
after going over what's what's happened over the last few weeks, really. But it's been brewing. There's been other mm. things, controversial things that he's said over the years. One example was calling the, this this guy in Thailand a pedo guy without any justification, and that went to court. And in fact, Musk won that. Uh, he it basically established that at the time it seemed that if you're on Twitter, it's kind of understood that you can make those kind of comments with it, which are unfounded. That's and surprising, yeah, yeah. yeah. A few things that come out of it for me, and and one is that he's got these great businesses. He's been a huge success. He's got, uh, you know, he's got hundreds of millions of followers. So this is the power that he has in yep. his hand with Twitter, uh, with X as it's now called, as he rebranded it, is that he can instantly, he can put something on there and instantly, you know, he can move share prices. I mean, he's been investigated mm. for using tweets to manipulate things, to manipulate um, Dogecoin, which is a cryptocurrency, yeah. which was a joke cryptocurrency created in Australia. He just sort of took that under his wing. He wears hats with a dog coin on it sometimes, Dogecoin, how you want to pronounce yeah. it. But that, the, the value of that has been influenced by him. He's made comments about taking Tesla private and sort of mm. saying, you know, ready to fund it and this sort of stuff, again, using this, this platform, which he now owns. So there, there are examples of him crossing lines and getting investigated for it and, and you know, regulators having a you know, good hard look at him. And, he, and he, he kind of says, you know, he said he literally has had to deal with, you know, hundreds of million, I think he said something like, I've, I've had to respond to 100 million regulations of, of things that I do, whether it's launching rockets, building cars, building um, satellites, launching them, supplying internet services to the whole world. All these things attract regulators. But surely he would have... Not just himself doing this. He, he, he's got a lot of money, so he's going to have the best people around him. Now, mm. a lot of it's got to fall back on them. You can't just be the one-man show and control satellites, cars. Do you can't do it. Your mind's not that good. No, I know. And I think this you is know, this so. is what I, this is where I think that he's he's getting into trouble a little bit. It's it's he's got this profile, and you know, a bit like Steve Jobs, who he's sometimes mm. compared to, the the the, the late founder of Apple, yep. uh, co-founder of Apple. He's got this incredible platform because of his business success and because of the power of his business. I mean, mm. he's the guy who can launch rockets cheaper than anyone else. He's building a rocket that's going to be more than twice right. as powerful as the moon rocket that landed men in, in the 60s and early 70s. Werner von Braun, who was a German rocket scientist, yep. built the missiles that rained down on London controversially. He was, a, he was actually a member of the Nazi party and where he was hired by the Americans, taken back to America and was the architect of the moon landings. He envisaged America and, and the world, humanity, going to Mars in the 1980s. But the whole thing fell apart because of, well, other priorities, war in Vietnam, yeah. others, other priorities shut it down. Uh, and, and, and Werner von Braun actually wound up a very disillusioned man who died in his, his mid-60s, died quite young. Well, I don't know what... What, what Musk's trying to achieve? I mean, you can go to, let's say we go to Mars, that's just going to cost you money. What do you get back out of it? Well, he, th he believes that, in a, that we need to become a multi-planetary species, that, that if, if we ever get hit by a meteor, if we blow up ourselves up in a nuclear exchange, yeah. probably the latter's more likely at the moment, yep. then having a backup somewhere, this public profile allows him, whether on Twitter or whether in these yep. interviews that he does, or he did an AI conference just recently. He sat down for an interview with the Prime Minister of, of, of the UK for about an hour and a half or longer and spouted all this stuff about AI. He's got a lot of concerns about artificial intelligence. Mm. 
it running amok and getting out of control, you know, being a two-edged sword. The, the good side of the sword is that it can help people and streamline lots of things and, and make the world a better place. The, the dangerous side, the other side of the sword is, is it becoming omniscient and, and all-powerful and, and, you know, a bit like the Terminator films where, you know, you're up against, mm. you know, Skynet, which has taken control of everything and it's the machines versus the people, you know. Things turn around. So you've got to... Musk is there at the moment and they're always big... I mean, we were talking about electric cars the other week. Now, it's getting to a point where um, if you've got an electric car in your garage, they may not insure it yeah. because the batteries can catch fire. Now, all of a sudden, uh, the popularity of electric cars may drain. People may not want them. And I, and I really can't see them in this country anyway being much good if you if you want to travel interstate or whatever, you know, and even if you're a golf club. Classic example, we've got to take our batteries home. We can't even leave them up there. They're worried about fires, and they've had a few fires in these uh, golf clubs with the batteries catching fire. So mm. I just wonder where the future is of electric cars. I mean, if you have an accident in one and it catches fire, you're in serious trouble. You can't put the damn thing out. Where does this leave us? And I just think we're maybe he's on the wrong tram now. Maybe he's got to be looking at something else because, you know, necessity creates these inventions. And now he's got to this point, but he's not looking around himself he's only looking at 90 degrees in front of himself he's got to start looking around the whole 360 because there's going to be something else that will come up and knock him on the head you know we're all talking computers now but there's there's probably something that someone's inventing right now as we speak Mm. that's going to override what he does Mm. and and, you know he's put all these down there and this guy could be nobody in 10 years could happen well well and the world works that way you look at all these amazing people Mm. that get up to the top and then something changes and then they go in another direction and this was something he was asked about last night. It was, you know, saying basically, was he? Yeah. he was asked about, you know, why have you, it seems, it looks like you've swung to the right in the last five years, right of politics, mm. sort of far right. Yep. And kind of in a way the world has a little bit, you know, look at the success of Donald Trump still. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's the Republican front runner, you know. Yeah, yeah. unbelievable, uh, really. And, yeah, I mean, really. And, and a little bit scary. And he denied that. He said, you know, have I really? He, he likes to think of himself as, as more of a social progressive, if you like. And he's definitely a very passionate guy who, you know, he's, he, he has funded SpaceX, which is his private baby. He founded it, but he's funded it out of the winnings, if you like, from the success of Tesla, which is a huge success. I mean, the manufacturing plants, you can look at the photos online, where they make those, the way they make those cars yeah. are insane. They are the most high-tech factories building anything in the world. Yeah. They're better than Mercedes-Benz. You know, they are amazing. And in fact, I think they got some of the technology from, from the likes of Mercedes-Benz. Yep. And the value, the share price, the market capitalization is more than the total of the, the next five biggest car makers in the world. Right? Gee, it's insane. Yeah. It's insane. Toyota, Mercedes, Volkswagen, you name those big companies that make cars, their combined market cap is below the market cap of one company that this guy started. Where is it though? Where's his income coming from the SpaceX? Apart from putting satellites up there, and I mean it's costing a ton of money every time that rocket takes yeah, yeah. off. How's he funding it? Well, he he can do it for less than other people. This is the thing by reusing the rockets, and there's mm. there's launching. I'm not, I'm not sure of the exact figures, but it's it's dramatically more than it was before the advent of of SpaceX reusable Falcon Nine rockets, which was about. I don't know, five years ago, something like that, that okay. they've perfected that. And now that's become routine. So rockets that you see take off have already taken off 10, 15 times. They're reusing them. So they're launching satellites, right, yep. as we speak. So there could be thousands of them up. This is a lot of space junk be, the, flying around. That's right. We, I mean, we have a problem with that. And, well, and there are, What happens when you want to go, okay, 
uh, you want to get out of this place, we want to go to Mars, and there's all this crap flying yeah, yeah, around yeah. up there. What do we do? How do you get through it? Yeah. 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 Well, and there's going to be, the way it's going, there's just going to be a ton more. And I mean, you only have to hit a small meter, right, and it'll go right through your rocket. Y- y- yeah, 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 yeah. You're yeah. finished, you know. Now, I understand this too. If you pick up a grain of sand on the beach, and that's the Earth, and uh, let's say we're down at Sorrento, and you drive to um, Melbourne, that grain of sand, that's how far away the spaces between us and Venus yeah, you know so yeah. I mean there's a lot of gaps there but but yeah you need one little piece of junk flying around mm. and for you to collide with that especially if you you were talking I remember once about these little, little Nino satellites. Yep. yeah you only have to hit geez Th- things, things. A bit of dust and you're in trouble. See, you think about, you know, that the technology that's in a, a mobile phone now has mm-hmm. meant that what used to be a big heavy satellite can yeah. be made really small, can be the size of a, yep. you know, a, a, a bottle of wine, that kind yeah. of size. This is just fascinating, this, really. And so one launch with a with a Falcon 9 can put communication satellites up into, into orbit, part of Starlink. Mm-hmm. That gives them global coverage and they've now even extended it, I think, into the polar regions of the world. So they've got their own constellation, then there's another rival constellation that's up there, plus there's all the other space junk that was mm-hmm. already up there. So yeah, you're right, this is an issue. But I think because they, they launched them into very specific paths, so you know this all gets mapped, it all gets tracked, and when you launch a satellite, you say, okay, well that's where it has to go exactly. This is a very precise thing we're talking about Mm. and that threads its way through all the stuff that's up there now let's imagine if you're in china and you want to take a few of those out so you shoot yours up there can you just program just take everything else out well that there are certain companies you want out there there are attack satellites that can Mm. that have been used and there's there have been some examples of i think it was the chinese took out a satellite one of their own a defunct Mm. satellite that they had just to test the kill capability that they'd launched and that was frowned upon not so much for militarizing space because that's been happening for a while but that's another concern but also because it created more junk you blast a thing into lots of little bits you create all these little bits of metal yeah. and, sh- and shards oh, absolutely of shrapnel are, yeah. that are all flying around and as you were saying before you know a grain of sand or a little tiny particle of metal hitting a satellite at uh, 28,000 kilometers per hour which is which is this velocity that yep. they're all orbiting in then you can you can do a lot of damage there's no question that we, we do have an issue with space junk and and it is suggested because the co- because the cost of, of launching stuff into space is coming down more and more obviously more stuff's getting launched the development of, of space-based technology whether it's trying to mine for resources that's one of the things that they're looking at there are com- there are serious players looking at mining asteroids they've got rare earths on them they've got things right. that we want desperately here because the cost of launching stuff into space is coming down 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 that makes uh, doing that sort of activity uh, mining objects for resources near earth objects as they're called or near earth asteroids that are fairly close to where we are in space that makes all that much more affordable and militarization of space is a big one that is something that is is actually also driving Mm. uh, the likes of spacex which has military contracts and it has big nasa contracts so it has big government contracts so you ask where the money comes from from the government and also he funds it out of the winnings from from uh, tesla okay. and, uh, and other business ventures that he's got so he, so can, he can maintain what he's doing absolutely at the moment. he can he yep. can with the share prices it is he can sell down a chunk of his biggest individual holding in in tesla and you know generate billions of dollars and go right okay mm. that i need to put that money into spacex to develop this latest rocket because the one that they're the, the, that's been in the news recently which is the super heavy as it's called starship that they've done for the, the second launch happened and they've they've progressed and they're doing better than they did the first time. wasn't 100% successful getting into orbit, but they the, the, the first stage worked. 
once that gets perfected and is able to land and be recycled, mm-hmm. which is what they're, they're yep. planning on doing, then they will have that capability to put men back on the moon, which is a contract they have with NASA. So NASA is not using its own rocket to land okay, Americans. It's, going to use his. it's using his. A yep. question I must ask you. How old's Musk? What's he? He's, he's early 50s, 53, okay. 52, something like that. What happens if something happens to him? Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that... He's a one-man show at the moment. He, so. He's a bit of a one-man show. And I just think, I think when I see him, the fallout from mm. that power that you've got in your phone, of, you know, in your pocket, being able to put out, put out a tweet and have 150 million people suddenly have their phones lit up going, oh, Elon Musk just said this, whether it's mm. about a business, whether it's about a, a share, whether it's about uh, a cryptocurrency, whether it's what he thinks about the conflict in the Middle East at the moment. You know, all these things are things that he can really damage his own interests. Yep. I don't know, if I was advising him, uh, not that anyone, not that he has to listen to anyone, really, you'd be kind of saying, why don't you just stick to what you're good at? Why are you getting involved? Why do you think Bill Gates doesn't make all these sort of statements? Why do you think even Jeff Bezos isn't wading into these really murky, quagmire-like Well, there's waters? one reason, there's one reason. Because they want to stay alive? Because they, exactly. want to, they want to stay successful? Exactly. They want to stay alive. And this guy's putting himself out there and, and someone will bump him. Hmm. You never let anyone in the world get this much power. You just don't. Countries just don't let you do this. You well, know, you get guys that have got, and you only have to look at history. History is your best predictor. Mm. You look what's gone in the past. You get too big, you get you go missing, and that's what will happen to this guy. And I don't. If I was him, I'd be loading up on my security. I would make sure I'm I think covered. He's, I with think it. he does already. He would, I well, think he's I'd, pretty... I'd be doubling it again yeah, because yeah. all of a sudden this guy can influence the world. He can do this and that. All of a sudden he's got more power than America. He's got more power than China. He's got more power than Russia. Now, this guy's just getting just bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, no one man should ever, ever be in that situation. And, and, I just, and, I, and, and you only need him to go a little bit senile, and then, mm, then what happens? Well, he smoked a joint with Joe Rogan on Joe Rogan's podcast years ago, yeah. and that caused a dip in the share price of Tesla <laughs> because people went, you know, this is... Bef- I mean, America's been in the process for several years of legalising yeah. it, and the, the whole world has, in a way. That kind of thing does ruffle feathers and does mm. make people a little bit concerned about where where he's going and is he on the rails and does he sleep properly and what kind of drugs does he take to make himself go to sleep if he can't sleep and he's talked about it several times about how his mind is a storm so the guy is i don't know whether i don't know exactly what the definition is but he kind of is a genius yep. in in the sense that he combines knowledge of, of physics and knowledge of technology so he's a rocket engineer he's also a, a software engineer and he's an expert in those two fields but he also um, has sort of branched out into a whole lot of other things i mean he's got a company called Neuralink, which is putting chips into monkeys and monkeys can now play pong without moving their you know they can control the paddles to bounce mm. the ball through their minds and the next that the, the reason why they're testing it on monkeys That's is because they get the next the next step is humans I think he, he was absolutely a geek and apparently had a difficult childhood in South Africa where he grew up, but an interesting childhood. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, they went on safari and, and they explored Africa and they, they did things. They were an interesting family. They were kind of offbeat. I think he's talked about he's got a grandfather or something who was very intelligent. You know, he, he, he's definitely a very smart guy. Whether he's a genius or not, who knows? Talked about in his biography, which I read recently uh, by Walter Isaacson, who's a Jewish guy, who was allowed untrammeled access into his life and followed him around in meetings for the last two or three years. Right. Wrote this book. He also, the, well, he's done various biographies. Another one that Walter Isaacson did was on Steve Jobs. 
and uh, he makes some parallels to Steve Jobs, does Isaacson in, the, in that book. Uh, but it is interesting. It talks about his early years, and definitely he had he had he had a difficult father. He got beaten up at school. South Africa was kind of you know a fairly rough place in some ways, mm. and he, he was able to get out. And he went first to Canada to university there, and then wound up in in uh, in the US, and then started his own companies. You know, from very yep. early on in his early twenties, and made and made hundreds of millions of dollars while he was still in his twenties. Look, I think he's he's had an incredible run, and it would be a great shame if he blew it at this stage. I personally am really excited by what he's doing in space. I think that's that's the thing that I support his efforts most in if you like the cars yep you can argue about the impact on the climate from building shitloads of electric cars but certainly they're popular and you just have to look outside you see them all the time Mm. and apparently in north america they're literally like holdens you know they're everywhere over there they really those cars could probably suit england small town small country Mm. you know drive around they don't suit long distance yeah yeah yeah, long distance no good for this but my concern is what you mentioned at the start of this program he's gone off the rails a little bit so Mm. you know uh, how stable is this bloke and and if if he if he comes becomes unstable, where does all this go? The whole thing could go down the drain, you know. It's a very interesting situation he's put himself into. There was an interesting summary of it on Reddit, which is a social media platform that I read last night, and I'm not going to say who, who it was who posted it. This was just summing up his life. Recent times. Bought Twitter for forty billion under threat of being sued to oblivion for trying to back out because he tried to mm. get out of the purchase yep. price. He realized because the price the tech stocks fell during yep. that that period and then was threatened with being sued to oblivion if he if he tried to back out of it, so he had to pay the full dollar. Yep. Wasn't happy about that. Ran off a bunch of advertisers since taking over control of it. Changed the name to X. Crazy. Rightly or wrong, wrongly. Ran off a bunch more advertisers. Tells runoff advertisers to go F themselves mm-hmm. recently on that New York Times program deal book summit hosted by Andrew Ross Sorkin. Good interviewer. And yet is described as a business genius. Well, you only have to look at, say, Coca-Cola when they tried to change the taste of Coca-Cola because the new Coke came out and no one wanted it. So They went back to classic. Absolutely. So, uh, I mean, change for change doesn't mean it's a good thing. No. You know, I mean, the only, I love this saying, the only thing constant is change, and that's the case. But, but you don't change things. You know, why try and fix something that's not broken? And this guy's twiddled around with it and he's probably caused himself to lose maybe he's lost half the money now he's lost three quarters of it because he's dicked but around in the scheme with it. of things it's, he can afford to right he, yeah, he but can he, afford to but it, but it also I mean there are mm. shareholders and there are banks that have stumped up the money for that investment and it also doesn't it raises questions about the rest of his business interests of if course this is, it does if this is what he's doing with Twitter does that does that really enshrine confidence or you know give confidence in the way that he runs Tesla there's questions that are raised not so long on a podcast he was asked, you know, how do you feel being the richest guy in the world because everyone wants a piece of you? And it'd be a question that he gets asked a lot. And he, and he kind of was almost a little bit, you know, like, ask me something interesting. He, he kind of looked, looked at him and just said sardonically, I'll survive. Is exactly what he said, I'll survive. And I think he's tough enough. He's been in the spotlight for long enough. A lot of the attention he gets in the media, he invites. He, he actually actively invites. He, he likes the limelight, clearly. And he sees it as beneficial. It benefits him. You know, it benefits mm, his business. It, it benefits his bottom line. Clearly, you are under pressure when you're that successful.
I was actually saying recently to some mates, I want to go over for the next of these giant rockets launching because I was too young to see. I think I was two when the moon, moon rocket landed. took off in yep. 69. That was a, a spectacle and you see the, the, the videos of it and the, the old movies of it, the crowd and the, the presidents and everyone gathered at, at Cape Canaveral to see this giant 30-storey rocket take off. Well, his is even bigger, yeah. much bigger. It's got more than twice the power and it is going to enable people to go to Mars potentially if they make that reusable. With this Falcon Heavy, which is not the biggest rocket, they can put a, a fully loaded 747 on the top of that in the, in the cargo bay if they could fold it up and fit it in there, right? The weight Jeez. of a fully loaded 747, they can already launch and reuse the, the, the boosters underneath it. If the, the Super Heavy, which is the Starship, the one that's been launched from Boca Chica recently in the last couple of weeks, it got, got, almost got to orbit, that will be able to launch so much payload in one hit, it's insane. You know, okay, now, look, how long would it take? So we can got the subject here a bit, but you've got <laughs> me right into this now. Say I want to go to um, Mars. Now, how long would this rocket take? Uh, it'll take, there's a prescribed time. It's not breaking any speed limits at the moment. It's, it's more breaking cargo limits. Mm-hmm. So if you go all the way to Mars, you, it takes about six months to get there. Every two years approximately, there's a, there's a launch window when the mm-hmm. planets are lined up. You take off from Earth, you head towards Mars, and, and by the time you get to the orbit of Mars, Mars has, is, in in the right, spot where you want to is in the right spot of its orbit where you're rendezvousing with it, and then you go into orbit, and then you, and, and you land on the surface. But the Would key, the key a, thing is, yeah. is being able to send vast amounts of cargo in per launch. Would you have to then virtually take no cargo because you need to get back? So with that, your cargo might be just the fuel. That's right. Well, you've got to send other rockets which have got fuel only. So you send tankers effectively. And, he's, and that's another technology that he's, he's developing, which is to send up one of these massive rockets and then have a second one that goes up. The first stages land and get reused, just as you see with the Falcon 9 on, a, on, on routine basis now. You know, they're in orbit and one moseys up to the other and they kind of piggyback on yep. each other and, and that's the fuel exchange. So that's an integral part of it. You, to be able to get back to the moon or to go to Mars, you have to be able to do in orbit big fuel transfers. Okay, Piers, got to wrap it up. Question, mm. how far away is this going to Mars? We got going to the moon is supposed to be in two years time. I don't know whether that'll we've happen. been there. We've been there. We've yeah, been there. yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, but it it's is a 60s thing. But it, but it is an appropriate um, stepping stone to Mars, I believe, and that's a discussion we could have about why. Mm. But I think it is an appropriate stepping stone. It's it's worth perfecting the technologies and and proving that you can do it on the moon rather than going mm. all the way to Mars and having to do it there with much less support. You know, you're three days away from resupply from Earth yeah. on the moon. You're six months at least away on Mars. Yeah. Yeah, but Mars is so, Mars, be so Mars, much more Mars, interesting. I mean, going yeah. to the moon's like going into a little black room somewhere and there's mm. not, not much happening. Not, in Mars, I mean, it could have been very similar to Earth millions of years ago. You know, it could have been a second Earth yeah. flying around up there. So it'd be interesting to see what's underneath it all and, you know, what was there life Look, there Mar- before Mars, we got there? Mars maybe, maybe, 10, maybe within the next 10 years mm. um, is, is okay. possibly what they're talking about. I mean, they've, they've got a, a technology demonstrator instrument on board a rover there the Perseverance rover is carrying a thing called MOXIE mm. which has it's, it's a tech demonstration instrument and it has shown that they can manufacture oxygen breathable oxygen out of the Martian atmosphere Amazing.